Today we are broadcasting from Nipaluna, Lutrawita. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this land and elders past, present and emerging. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us this morning. For a feel-good start to another day. This is Triple M Breakfast. Triple M Breakfast. This is the podcast and you are on it. Thanks for downloading the Listener app. It's great to have your company at your leisure. You can listen to this whenever you want. Anytime, any place. Any, what's what the else is thing? there? Anytime, anywhere. Anyone? One, three cabs will get you there. <laughs> <laughs> if you missed today's show, Nick's You can three- listen to it in the cab. <laughs> Nick Street, the sports minister, joined us with an update on all things stadium. And I th- I'll tell you what, if you want to talk about political performers, mm-hmm. Nick, Street's, Nick Street's stepping up. I think You're I've a been fan? Re- yeah, I'm a fan of Nick Street. I quite like the way he goes about his business. He doesn't BS. I quite like him. I, I can, you know, politicians aren't necessarily my favourite people in the world <laughs> because I feel like sometimes they fluff about. Nick Street... Doesn't seem he, to. No, it doesn't seem to. Hmm. He seems to call it like it is. I, I'm... I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, it was a good chat, absolutely. Uh, We also talked to the Bureau of Meteorology. Brooke Oakley there told us about the storms over the weekend. We did, and my parenting skills get (laughs) criticised. Here's what you missed. Live on the Listener app across Tassie and on FM 107.3 in Hobart. It's Triple M Breakfast for IGA, where the locals matter. Producer Rhea in with Tubes. Happy Monday. Yes, we made it. Good morning, Tasmania. Good morning, Hobart. And good morning, the world on the Listener app. (laughs) Right across the world. Good morning to the universe, to the aliens listening in space on the Listener app that have tapped into the satellites. You don't reckon? I reckon if we've got them, they'd be here. In Tassie? Yeah. Because there's no other, no more, no more beautiful place to be. Where else would you rather exactly. be? Exactly, that's very true. Kunani's uh, missing though this morning. She's yeah, hidden by a nice, yeah. nice cloud covering up there. Kind of nice to not see it because I. You're I'm, a bit scared. I'm. You know what? I'm not scared. I'm not actually scared. What, what, what would I, you call it? I'm sore. Okay. I'm sore. Hey, a lot of rain around. Did, it, did you get it, Hobart? 04888 It's 26 days away, Tubes. I just checked. Stop it. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of rain around. That amazing thunderstorm light show. Yes, the electrical th- show that we had. It was uh, on Saturday night. Unbelievable. My daughter woke up, Molly, at 12.30 with the first round of thunder. Yeah. And I went upstairs to where her bedroom is. She sleeps right next to her brother, four-year-old Ray. And I said, she said, I'm scared of the noise. And I said, no, 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 it's okay. And I opened the curtain and had a look out the window. I said, let's just watch it for a while so you can see it's not scary because we're safe in our house. Yeah. And we sat there and watched it for a while. And I thought to myself, she doesn't really care. The person that would love to see it is the four-year-old who is, (laughs) like, legitimately wiped out. He's out to the world. He's just gone. So did you wake him? He did not know. Wasn't oh. going to wake him. Don't wake what a sleeping What ended up lion. happening was I sent his sister, Molly, down to our bedroom, which is downstairs. Oh, yeah. And I ended up sleeping in her room. Oh, no. And Do you fit in their beds? Yeah, we got big singles. Okay. Big single beds. But, like, to be honest, sleeping in a bed by myself, that's fine, no matter whether my feet are hanging over the edge or not. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm laying there and like the thunder and lightning going off on Saturday night. Me, not scared. Mm. Ray, asleep. The middle of the night, he wakes up and I hear him wake. He takes a big drink from his drink bottle. (laughs) There's lightning and thunder going off around him. He puts the lid back on his drink bottle, puts it down on the bedside table. Bang, straight back to sleep. (laughs) Did not even worry him. One little bit. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, to be four again. Tessa Randello from the Triple M Newsroom joins us live in the studio. Morning, Tessa. Good morning. What's making news, Tessa? So there's an investigation going on at the moment um, after a fire at Zero Davy Apartments in Hobart CBD because the alarm system didn't go off. The fireys had to go in and knock on people's doors. Apparently, they only had one key to get into all the rooms. They had to break down some of the doors to evacuate the almost 100 people that were in the hotel at the time. And it's just kind of like one of the call-outs they got on Saturday night. Obviously, there was that massive storm. We had 43,000 lightning strikes happened in Tasmania on Saturday night. <sighs> but the the Zero Davy was unrelated to the to the storm, right? That well, happened in, started in the kitchen? We believe it's... Ha- the TFS said they believe it happened in the, ki- in the kitchen, but investigations are still ongoing. Still could have been lightning. Who okay. knows? Because when I saw the photos, I just assumed that it would have had to have been... Because it's quite high up there. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, those investigations are still happening, yep. obviously. And they're also looking into why the alarms didn't go off to let people know to evacuate yeah, the building. that's concerning. I think that's really concerning. I think given that it's a hotel where you've got 100 guests and mm-hmm. 100 different rooms and the alarm doesn't go off, that's, that's it could have been catastrophic. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and that's a real concern, and I'm sure there'll be investigations continuing as to why that didn't go off and mm-hmm. why that happened, and even the fact that they don't have a master key to be able to go through and unlock every single door that they had to knock down doors. That's true. To get people mm. out of their rooms safely. That again is some surely has to be some sort of safety breach, but I'm sure the investigations will be ongoing. Yes, and I'm glad that everyone is actually safe. I know that. As I drove past on Sunday morning, the police and fire brigades were still at yeah. Zero Davy at like 11am. So yeah. obviously some investigations ongoing there, but the good news is that everybody's safe and that nobody was really yes. uh, horribly injured. Yes, that was really good news. And it, it's a good reminder as well to test our own smoke alarms at home and make sure we're Absolutely. <laughs> they're all working Absolutely. how they should be. And we, we know our fire plan that if we have one, how to get out. And mm-hmm. Absolutely. love that. Some good news, Tessa. Yeah, we have the Tasmanian Tourism Awards have got all of their finalists out. I wish I could read the whole list, but it's absolutely massive. (laughs) So they've got um, different categories like tourism attractions, major festivals, ecotourism. They've also got um, one for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander experiences, which is really interesting. That's Uh, fantastic. Uh, I did see that the list came out and some of the usual offenders are still on there, like Pennycott uh, Wilderness Journeys and Mm -hmm. and all of those types of uh, businesses here in Tasmania. But tourism is absolutely booming again. It's great to see after during COVID they uh, really struggled. I know that Tasmanians internally, we went and we got out there and we did everything we could to try and keep our tourism businesses Mm -hmm. up and running, but... This is, again, another massive uh, announcement of, of all of those finalists for the Tasmanian Tourism Awards. Who are some of the locals? Um, so we've got the Cascade Female Factory History Site, Coal River Farms, Festival of Voices and Taste of Summer both made it, um, Pooley Wines and Muir's. Yeah, plenty of great lists for the full list. You can head to the ticked, tict.com.au to find out all the finalists. Tessa Randello from the Triple N Newsroom.
Are you ready to soar to new heights above southern Tassie? Learn to fly with Par Avion and Triple M Breakfast. Explore Tasmania with Par Avion and their award-winning tours. The Learn to Fly experience thanks to Par Avion could be yours by calling one triple three five three. just like Adrian from National Park. Good morning, Adrian. Morning, Tubes. How are you, buddy? Well, I'd like to say I'm flying, but that was actually <laughs> Tuesday, Adrian. You want to nominate who? Mate, I'm going to job myself, and I think that'd be a fantastic experience. Have you ever done it before, Adrian? I've not flown. I've been into planes before, but not as uh, somebody holding the, the, the controls. So that'd be a lovely experience. It's legitimately. I, I was holding on to the control panel harder than I've held onto anything. I was like, I was holding on for my <laughs> my dear life, Adrian. White knuckles. White knuckle fever. Good on you, Adrian. We'll pop you in the draw. Thanks, buddy. Have an awesome day. You too. From National Park to Adrian, beautiful place up towards Mountfield. Absolutely glorious. You can head to triplem.com.au. Tell us in 25 words or less why you want to learn to fly. We've got a couple of learn-to-fly experiences thanks to Paravion. It's Triple M Breakfast. Tubesy, it's 26 days, 16 hours, 55 minutes and 17 seconds until you're going to tackle the world's toughest road half marathon, the Point to Pinnacle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in denial because I can't see Mount Wellington Kunani, but... Hidden if, by clouds. If you want to join... I'm, I I had a run on the weekend. Yeah, how'd you I, go? Well, I wasn't going to because of the forecast rain. Yeah, so you were going to use I that decided, as an excuse? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I was definitely <laughs> going to use that as an excuse. And then when it came out to be a nice day on Sunday, Aaron said to me, are you going to run today? And I was like... Oh, I think it's going to rain. We looked out the window <laughs> and, and it absolutely was, wasn't going yeah, to rain. glorious day. So she said, you need to go. I'm like, yep, okay. So I decided to do my... I've started to run the sort of track that I'm going to be running and that starts from the, obviously the casino, but mm-hmm. goes up through South Hobart. So you'll be doing the, some South Hobart runs? Yeah, jet, jet servo, that, that sort of area. And uh, it was humid. It was gross. It was actually, wasn't it, yesterday? Because of the rain, obviously. But it was hot too, hot and humid. And again, I was running up past the jet servo and someone gave me a toot and yelled out the window, which was nice. I don't know who it was, but thank you. You gave me a little bit of extra motivation just to keep going whilst you were at least in my side. (laughs) (laughs) Does it scare you when someone beeps while you're running? No, no, because I figured I'm on the right. I was on the right side of the road, so I was on the right footpath going up yep. and then on the right side so I could see the traffic coming oh, towards course. me. Oh, Okay, that's a good Whereas, technique. Yeah. This person tooted and then gave me the motivation, as I said, to, to keep going. But I needed to have some walks because it's hard to run uphill constantly. So I was sort of doing, you know, I ran about 3K to start with from, from the roundabout at South Hobart and then kept going. And then this person tooted as they walked past and their hand wa- waved out the window and I thought to myself, okay, I've got to keep going until they're at least out of sight. <laughs> Put on a show. Yeah, yeah, because if they're looking in the rear vision mirror and I stop because I'm buggered, <laughs> you know, they're going to judge me. So I kept going and then I started to walk and then I was like, just to get my breath back a little bit, have a little stretch, keep going again. But I kept going again because I was worried that they were going to come back down the mountain <laughs> and see see me not not running. So, so if anyone sees Tubes out and about running, make sure you give him a honk no. because he'll be too ashamed to stop walk to stop running and no. start walking if he <laughs> thinks he's being watched. Believe me, on the last 1K I had to stop. I was coming back down the mountain 
And I was so dry and parched that oh. I had to call into the Macquarie store and get myself a drink. Good. So but then the last little bit where I had the drink, you know, put the bit, put the thing, and I swan dropped it like mm-hmm. nothing. And then the last little bit was more a waddle than a run. Oh. It was pretty rough, pretty rough run. <laughs> so how far did you get? 11 Ks. Amazing. Oh, I don't know if it was amazing, but that's still not 21.5 and it's certainly not all the it's way. It's almost halfway there and it's about oh, 10 and a half Ks more than I could get. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we have Brooke Oakley from the Bureau of Meteorology to give us an update all things weather. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning. A pretty big weekend, Brooke. What can you tell us? It was. So it was wet on Saturday, but the real heavy rainfall was overnight Saturday into Sunday morning as a band of very intense thunderstorms moved over the Hobart area. And to describe how intense they were, in the hour between 11.15pm and 12.15am, there was 20 millimetres of rain. That doesn't sound huge, but if we keep in mind that from October the 1st to October the 20th, there was less than 20 millimetres of rain in those 20 days, and we hit that in one hour on Saturday night. Gee, so was there any major reason why we had such intense thunderstorms? I, I mean... On the northwest coast where I'm from originally, we used to watch thunderstorms out over Bass Strait pretty regularly. But since moving to Hobart 20-odd years ago, there haven't been that many times of, of major thunderstorms here, Brooke. We get them regularly or are they an irregular thing? I feel like they're irregular. Thunderstorms are relatively rare in Hobart. We do see a lot of thunderstorms pushing over the west coast in cold air masses. And during summer, we see thunderstorms pop up about inland areas. But usually Hobart is a little bit sheltered from all of that activity. Not over the weekend, though, because it was driven by a large low-pressure system and a band of thunderstorms associated with that. And they really did hit the entire state, but particularly the eastern and southeast in parts of the state and in terms of 24-hour rainfall totals broadly there was 25 to 50 millimetres of rain about the east and the south and a few places did top 50 millimetres and the highest was Mount Boomerang in the south and the far south of the state. That, and that's around Jeeveston area yeah Brooke around that area? Yeah it is like down sort of even further southwest of Jeeveston yeah. and also um Mount Picton, which is in a similar area, received 51 millimetres of rain. And the Tasman Peninsula didn't miss out either. Eagle Hawk Neck with 53 millimetres. Jeepers, yeah. a, a wet weekend for everybody in the south of the state. What can we expect moving forward, Brooke? For today, the weather is a lot more settled. Still possibly a light shower or two this morning with southwesterly winds, but the winds are easing. And we are heading for a top of 19 degrees today. Currently in the city, it's just almost 14 degrees, so starting to warm up already. There is some more weather on the way, though. Another low-pressure system is approaching from the northwest. This one is going to slide to the southwest of the state, but it will bring a few showers during the day tomorrow for Hobart. And most importantly, the winds are going to increase, so there will be strong and gusty northwesterly winds tomorrow afternoon. It will be a little bit warmer with a top of 22, but don't put away all of your cold weather gear because there's a cold front to go through and it is going to be chilly on Wednesday. A top of only 13 degrees, 
showery, possible small hail, and we'll probably see some snow flurries on top of the mountain. So it's a brief return to winter. <laughs> Brooke Oakley from the Bureau of Meteorology. Some interesting news there. Not necessarily good stuff, but we appreciate your time. Thank you. Are you ready to soar to new heights above southern Tassie? Learn to fly with Par Avion and Triple M Breakfast. Explore Tasmania with Par Avion and their award-winning tours. You can call any time on one triple three five three. We are giving you a chance to win a Learn to Fly experience with Par Avion. Thanks to Par Avion, you can explore Tasmania with Par Avion and their award-winning tours. Judy from Tranmere's on the line. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Well, you want to learn to fly, do you, Judy? Tell us why. No, no, I'm nominating oh. my husband. Oh, you're nominating someone. The kindness of giving a gift here, Judy. I love it. Tell us about your husband. So he recently turned 60, and as it would happen, he made mention to me a few weeks ago that this was something, you know, that was definitely on his bucket list. He would have loved to have learned to fly when he was a bit younger. Um, so it's definitely on his bucket list, and he's just... Um, He's just been an, um, an amazing rock to our family, so I think this would be an awesome, you know, thing that he'd want to do, and it would be a lovely reward. What's his name, Judy? His name's Glenn. Glenn, and what does what's Glenn done for a living? Uh, so he works for Australia Post. Ah, oh, brilliant! Posty, I love it. That's what I want to do when I was little bear, Posty. That is brilliant, Judy. And he's been your rock. Tell us about how he's been your rock in your family, Judy. Ah, uh, so my mum passed away this year, and he was just um, just amazing. Just the support to the family, um, and you know, just things over the years. We've you know been together a long time, so there's been lots of things happen over the years, and he's just been strength to the whole family. Judy, really sorry to hear about your mum passing away, and it's the people around us that get us through those tough times, and Glenn is clearly a champion. We'll pop him in the draw, Judy. Good on you. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's Triple M Breakfast. Peter Forty Ford, Australia's number one entertainment reporter, joins us live. Morning, Forty. Good morning to you both. Now, Forty, I have not watched any of the Beckham's documentaries, but I've heard there's something going on with David Beckham and an alleged mistress. What's happening there? Yeah, you want to try and watch it. It's really, really good. And even if you're not necessarily a big soccer fan, it's just a really well-made documentary. Right. His own production company made it. But one of the things they address in it is the alleged affair he had 20 years ago in Madrid with a woman called Rebecca Luz. And they don't actually confirm or deny that it happened, but they talk about the toll it took on them when all the reporting started. But Rebecca's now given a big explosive interview uh, talking about her, what she claims was their affair that they had for quite some time. She was the nanny in the house. You know, if you're ever going to hire a nanny, always get someone who looks like Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> because otherwise you're going to have problems. But anyway, so she's given this big interview. So... And a lot of it's not very nice. Although one of the fun, not funny things, but one of the things she talks about is when she was having this alleged affair with David Beckham, one night she walked into a bedroom and he was in there with another woman. So the cheater was getting cheated on. So it, it sounds like he kept himself busy back in the day. But uh, look, they chose to put it out there and put the story back into the news cycle. They know the game. They know they would have gone a newspaper would go knocking on the door of Rebecca Luz and offer her money for a story. So, you, you know, they really did kind of poke the bear. They've only got themselves to blame. Mm. Do you think they could have done the documentary without mentioning it, though? Well, that's the thing. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it warts and all. And yeah. it actually is quite well 
well-constructed piece within the documentary, even though they don't actually confirm that it happened, mm. but the pressure it did take on, on the relationship. Yeah, very interesting. And Adele has extended her Las Vegas residency. Yeah, so she was due to finish in a couple of weeks' time, but she said, no, I'm staying on. So she's now signed on until June of next year. would be a great weekend if you can get the jackpot and go and see Kylie one night and Adele the next night. Mind you, you have to be pretty cashed up. The tickets are all very expensive these days. But, you know, Adele loves it. Basically, she gets paid a fortune. She doesn't have to move from hotel to hotel. And, you know, she only has to do an hour 20. The casinos, though, want you going any longer than that because they want to get people out onto the you know gambling tables. <laughs> of yeah, of course. Uh, and 40, Britney's book is due to drop this week. We know it's going to be a bestseller, but she's not doing any press or any TV appearances. Why is that? Have you heard? I know. Well, I don't think we need to worry about people not knowing the book's coming out because it's already <laughs> had so much publicity. But, you know, normally with a big star like that, they would be doing... Uh, an interview on the Tonight Show or the breakfast shows and and even do satellite interviews for Australia, but she's doing nothing at all, Uh, not a thing. She's just done one interview, which was an email question and answer thing, but I don't know what it is, whether the publishers don't think she's up to it or whether she doesn't think she's up to it. You know, I hope she's going to be okay. It's going to be a rough couple of weeks because some of the blowback will not be positive. It won't be nice, and that's what happens when you write one of these tell-all books. Well, maybe she'll do something on her Instagram with knives like she did a couple of weeks ago. Did oh, you see I hope that? not. No, that was dangerous. She did it, got the knives out again last week. But, yeah. um, you know, her Instagram daily drops of her dancing around. Uh, you know, look, it, it, it's not harmful, but at the same time, it just seems like very odd behaviour to me. Well, she said on her Instagram as well that this book is sort of like a fresh slate for her. So she's going to be, she's sort of releasing it, putting it out there, putting all of that into the past and now this is like a fresh start for her. She can finally move on from it. So I think it's going to be a little bit therapeutic for her. Very positive attitude. Yeah, Forty, always good to chat with you. We'll talk to you on Friday. See you Friday. Last week, had to take the kids to Toy World. Absolute nightmare. And the reason why is because we've been practising happy drop-offs. So drop-offs to daycare and drop-offs to school, happy drop-offs rather than getting a little bit sad and emotional. The kids know that we're always going to come back and pick them up, but occasionally they get a little bit sad. So we've been practising happy drop-offs. And for every happy drop-off, you get a sticker. Once you get to 20, you get to go to Toy World and buy a toy. Okay. That's a good little reward system. It's basically a dollar a day. So we're spending about 20 bucks. Okay. So it's taken Ray a long while to get up to his 20, which is fine. He's, he's usually pretty good. He's got to his 20. So we took him to Toy World. Yeah. He was going to buy junk. <laughs> and I'm like, mate. What did he want? A car, right? A toy car, a toy helicopter and a toy truck in a little pack for 20 bucks a month. Yeah. They're one of those ones that you push and they make noise, you know. Like, oh. And every parent knows that mm-hmm. any toy that makes noise, what well, mate, I reckon you should buy some Lego. Because he loves, yeah. loves Lego. What well, mate, so I'm in Toy World. When you take your kids to the toy shop, shocking. It's always terrible. Trying to get in and out of that place is a nightmare. Oh, I know. And I don't even have kids, but I do have a 30-year-old husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I took him in. 
And I'm trying to convince him to put this other toy back. And he could see, I could see that he goes, I really want it though, Dad. And I'm like, oh. I know, mate. And I kept thinking about longevity and all this stuff. And your going, how much it's going to drive you crazy, right? Your sanity. No, it's not. That, yeah, mm-hmm. a bit of that, a bit of column A, a mm-hmm. bit of column B. But it's more about the longevity. Like, he will play with Lego until he's at least 12, I reckon, at least. Or in my not, husband's case. 30. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So the possibilities are endless with the Lego, whereas the possibilities of this stuff is it'll probably break, the batteries go flat, the batteries will be too expensive to get in, or you might not be able to replace the batteries. So I talked to him into the Lego. Then we had to go to swimming. So jumped in the car, took him up to swimming, and he didn't want to get in. Oh, no. So then I'm like, you know what? If you don't get in at swimming, mate, I'm going to have to take the Lego off you because we pay for the swimming lessons. You've got to get in. He doesn't want to. I want the Lego. Well, you can't. If you're not going to have the Lego, you don't have the Lego. And all I need you to do is sit in the pool. You don't have to participate, but you need to get in. Yeah, and did he? He didn't get in. Oh, Ray. So what do you think I did? Did I follow through and get the Lego? I would have given it to him. He's so cute. I know. I had to follow through. So he didn't get the Lego. Oh, no. So... I don't know what I should do, Hobart. I'd love your opinion on what I should do. I've still got the Lego. 048-88-1073. He had his 20 days. He earned it. follow up on what your threats are on Triple M. <laughs> it's Triple M Breakfast. Frank the Truckie's giving us a call. Good morning, Frankie. Yeah, Tube, there you go, mate. <laughs> I'm not too bad. What do you got for us, Frank? Hey, listen, like, like growing up, I've got two boys of my own. You know, growing up, going to the toy world and that, grabbing them toys. Yeah. You can grab them all the, all the biggest, fabulous things in the world, mate. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I've got my kids' toy, like, toy guns and whatnot, but they'd still run around with the back in the backyard with a cricket bat pretending that was a gun. Yeah. Or, they'd, or they'd pick a stick up and, they'd, you know, they'd, they'd pretend that was a little toy gun, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they had all the best, all the best stuff. But anyway, I'd cut it all short. So stop being so bloody miserable, mate. <laughs> <laughs> If, if the boy if the boy wants a truck, mate, you get him the biggest goddamn truck you can in that bloody place, mate. And, and, dig, and dig deep in that miserable bloody pocket of yours, mate. Funny, but come on. I'm huh? with you, Frank. He's too cute to say no to. That's right. You take your young lad out, mate. You buy him a dozen trucks now, Tubes, and I want to see one on Facebook, mate, what you come out with. Right, eh, Frank. Yeah, we appreciate the call, Frank. You didn't realise I was going to be called a miserable bugger this morning, but that's okay, Frank. Always good to hear from you. Where are you today, Frank? Hey, listen, I've got a day off, mate, and I'm spending spending the morning with my youngest son. How about that? Ah, that's sensational, Go buy Frankie. him a truck. Yeah, he's 21 years old, but listen, <laughs> We're, we're, we're driving we're driving around in the latest model um, WRX Subaru that he just purchased probably two or three months back. Oh. So we're, we're just living it up at the moment. Yeah. And, and guess what? My son's a truck driver as well. For all those people out there that think you can't make any money driving trucks, well, you bloody well can. Good on you, Frank. Always good to hear from you. One triple three five three. And Scott's text through from Molesworth. Morning, Scott. I think you're an overbearing bullying dad. Appreciate oh. the perspective there, Scott. I don't know Scott. if I'd go that far. <laughs> A lot happening in sports for Tasmania with an alternative plan for the Mac Point Stadium released last week and the plan being made a project of state significance in Parliament with the government even looking into the feasibility for a new ice rink in Tasmania after the state's last one shut down in 2022. Here to talk us through everything that's happening is Minister for Sports, Recreation, Stadium and Events is Nick Street. Good morning, Minister. 
Morning. How are you going? It's great to chat with you. Obviously, the Mac Point Stadium 2.0 plan came out. Do you, does the government support that plan, Nick Street? Uh, look, we've got our own plan, obviously, for, uh, for the Mac Point Stadium that we progressed through Parliament last week. But we, um, like I said in Parliament last week, we welcome, um, we welcome private investment and ideas. Uh, it's great to see that there's another group that sees the benefit of building a, stadium, a new stadium in Hobart. Um, but they've admitted themselves that they've got some work to do now around financing and what have you, and they're going to go away and do that um, and potentially come back and have another conversation with the government once they've done that. So the government's had the same amount of time as this consortium to come up with design and costings. When can the public expect to see the government's plan? Uh, look, we, um, we've committed to having a full design for the stadium within the next 12 months, um, but that's a process that we've got to work through. Um, as Minister for Sport, I'm... Um, committed to working with all of the stakeholders that are going to be using that stadium going forward to make sure that we've got a design that works for everyone. Um, but we also want to build something that's uniquely Tasmanian as well. Minister, now that the Mac Point Stadium plan's been made a project of state significance, what happens yep. next? So, look, now, well, just to, um, to backtrack one step, it, the project of state significance order has only gone through the lower house at this stage. It's still going to go through the Legislative right. Council. So we are we are a step close to having put it through the House of Assembly, but that'll go. It needs to go to the Legislative Council next um, when we sit in a fortnight's time. Uh, once that's done, there's an integrated planning assessment that's done. Um, that's basically independent of the government. It's it's conducted by the Tasmanian Planning Commission, um, and the order will allow the Planning Commission to do that work. So we're not you're not fully ruling out support for that second stadium design, Minister. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? No, look, we're, we're committed to the Mac Point Stadium um, proposal that we're progressing through Parliament at the minute, but what we've said is that we, um, we welcome ideas. There's obviously been a fair bit of thought put into the, um, put into the proposal that was made public last week. Um, we don't want to completely shut down that conversation. We'll allow the proponents to go away, like I said, and do the, um, do the work that they've admitted themselves they now need to do, um, and they'll come back to the government once they've done that. Would you like to see private money head into the Macquarie Point Stadium design that the government has on its cards? Uh, look, we, we've got money committed for the stadium itself, but the precinct plan that we released maybe 10 days ago now um, will obviously require some private investment as well. Um, you know, there's a lot, to, lot, to, um, lot of work to do in that precinct besides the, the stadium itself in terms of commercial facilities and and what have you, um, and we would welcome any public, um, any private um, investment that wants to get involved in that precinct, and I would expect that will be a process that will be undertaken as well. Moving on to the ice skating rink uh, feasibility study, why yep. now and not a year ago when the Glenorchy ice skating rink was closed? Uh, so look, this work started um, a fair while back to be honest, um, and because the, the facility that closed was a private facility, it was difficult to get figures um, out of demand, out of usage of that particular facility once it closed, um, we needed to establish that it was actually a market um, going forward for an ice rink, and also what um, what sort of facility, if we were going to build a new facility, what that would look like. Um, one of the things that isn't spoken about is the fact that the facility that closed um, was actually a relatively small ice rink. Um, it wasn't full size for for ice hockey, for example. Um, the people that were using that facility for ice sports were then travelling to the mainland and comp competing on very different ice to what, um, what they were training on in Hobart. 
So if we build a new facility, we needed to know, A, what the demand for use of that facility would be like and also what we need to build if we were going to. Um, that particular report came back last last week and was released. Um, and what we've committed to the iSports community is that we'll now do a little bit of additional work over the next three or four months to be completed by January next year um, around where we could locate a, a new facility if we were going to build one and also what sort of contribution would be required from the government um, for what would essentially be a private, privately owned facility going forward. Sky from Huonville Minister says that uh, she'd like to see the 2.0 stadium built at Regatta Point and then Macquarie Point become an ice skating rink. Could, could that possibly be in the pipelines? Uh, well, look, any, anything's possible, Sky. But like I said at the start of this, we're uh, we're committed to the um, to the Mac Point proposal that we're progressing through Parliament at the minute. Um, what I can what I can say is that over the next three or four months, we'll be progressing some discussions with councils that have already started um, about who would potentially like to to host a, a new ice skating rink. Um, and we'll work with the ice sports community about what sort of facility we need to build in Hobart. And how far down the track, lastly, Minister, are we on the expansion of My State Bank Arena to a capacity for greater crowds at the Jack Jumpers and other events like that? Uh, look, I um, I would love to see the capacity at My State expanded, but it's not a um, not a simple or a cheap project to do that. Um, and there are a number of competing. Um, priorities when it comes to money in that particular area. Um, I need to be able to fund the building of more community courts as well, for example. Um, we know that we've got a court shortage across Tasmania of, of more than 20 courts just to meet the current demand we've got for mm. indoor sports. Um, so increasing the capacity at my state arena has to be balanced with um, trying to find money for community facilities going forward as well, mate. Of course, of course. Nick Street, Minister for Stadia and Events and Minister for Sport and Recreation. Thanks for joining us on Triple M. No problem at all, any time. It's the ultimate stage showdown. Tassie Trivia. For creative homes, $50,000 first homes builders boost. 100 bucks on the line right now. Thanks to Creative's $50,000 first home builders boost on Now Buy Creative Homes. That is 50 grand to get your dream home underway. They Not bad. add the developer and Creative Homes add 20 grand to the already budgeting $30,000 first home builders boost on by the government to make that $50,000 towards your first home. That yeah, it's could a big, be yours. big chunk, right? Absolutely massive. Let's talk to John from Glenorchy. Morning, John. Good morning. How are you going? Did you cope with the rain okay on the weekend, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah it was good. Yeah, <laughs> need, it, need it. Yeah, we did need it. I think it was a good way to get the gardens up and running. John, can you yeah, test your yeah. buzzer, please? John. Beautiful. You'll be taking on Andy from Lena Valley. Morning, Andy. Hello. What's going on, Andy? How, how was your weekend? Oh, good. I woke up yesterday morning, opened my door, I thought, oh, the birds are tweetering and the, and the lawn looks greener. So I thought, oh, <laughs> the rain stopped. It's, it had stopped. It was surprising <laughs> that it stopped so early. It was a beautiful day yesterday. Andy, can you test your buzzer, please? Andy. Beautiful. We've got three questions. If you guess two of them correctly, you get yourself $100 cash. Let's do it. Question number one. Which of the following is Tasmania's oldest lighthouse? Is it A, the Iron Pot Lighthouse, or B, the Low Head? Andy. Andy? The Iron Pot. That's correct. You are correct. 
It's been around. Uh, the Iron Pot is the oldest. The low haired one, which was B, is the second oldest. Let's go with question number two. Oh, this was topical over the weekend. <laughs> Premier Jeremy Rockliffe, R- Rockliffe recently got his first tattoo. What is the tattoo of? Is it A? Andy. Oh, Andy. Yes, his, new ch- his new babies and new children's names. It is his daughter's names, Andy. You've won $100 cash. That's awesome. Well done, Andy. Fantastic work. What are you going to spend 100 bucks on, Andy? Oh, look, I'll have a meal and just, just keep it and think, oh, I'll go for a coffee. <laughs> Treat yourself, Andy. You've got an option, exactly, though, Andy. Exactly. That's, that's very good. Thanks. You can, you can come back tomorrow and risk that 100 bucks for 200 if you like. No, thanks. I'll take the 100, please. Oh, smart, ju- smart work choice. from you, Andy. Andy from Lena Valley's just won 100 bucks. Thanks to Creative's $50,000 first home builder's boost on now by Creative Homes. Bad luck to John in Glenorchy. We'll be doing it again all tomorrow. It's Triple M Breakfast. Anyone who interacts with the show throughout the week gets a ticket in the meat tray thanks to Robbo's Chicken and Meat. Open seven days in Glenorchy. Call one triple three five three or text 488 Text chat. Yeah, love hearing from you on the text line 488 as Rhea just said. <laughs> I've been copying it a little bit about my fatherly skills. Scott from Molesworth said that I am an overbearing bullying dad after I took my kids to the toy shop after rewarding them for happy drop-offs. Yes. So school and daycare, we gave them 20, 20, night, 20 days of happy drop-offs. Yeah. They get to go to the toy shop and spend 20 bucks. Yeah, a little incentive. little incentive to have happy drop-offs. Scott, as I said, reckons I'm bullying my kids because bit harsh, I took... Scott. I took the kids there, made him put back something that was just junk and bought him some Lego, which he was happy with in the end. Good, good. But then we went to swimming and he didn't get in the pool. And I said, mate, you can either get in the pool or I'm going to have to take that Lego back. Mm. And once I said those words out of my mouth, I realised that if I didn't follow through on what I'd said... You'd be the, in trouble. The lesson's gone. Yeah. You know? But, obviously, and then we had... Frank the trucky ring up and tell me that I was uh, what? Do you, what was the term he used? Miserable <laughs> bastard. <laughs> but so he didn't get in the pool, and you did keep the Lego. So and he I've hasn't received, received hasn't it. received it yet. And I, my idea is that I'll use that to incentivise him into some good behaviour. But my concern here, tubes, is he's already earned it. He had his twenty drop-offs. He's earned his his toy. Yeah, but then as soon as I said this thing, I had to follow through on I that. know you did, but you shouldn't have said it in the first place. <laughs> no, I've, I needed to because I tried with other things. Yeah. I tried. I said, mate, if you get in, I'll give you an ice pile after mm-hmm. dinner. No, no, no. I said, well, mate, if you're going to just be belligerent, <laughs> no Lego. Anyway, Steve <laughs> from uh, Newtown says, morning, Steve. Geez, they're all a bit rough on tubes. Glad you're not just giving the kids a handout. Life lessons, great job tubes from Steve. He then follows on and says, definitely give little Ray another crack at having a dip with the treat of getting the Lego afterwards. Back in our day, we would have been thrown in the pool. The fact he's getting Lego is an absolute bonus. Yep, fair enough, Steve. That's true. Uh, And Virginia in New Norfolk, good morning, Virginia, says, Hi, Tubes, Virginia from New Norfolk. What you have just taught your son is that you mean what you say. You followed through and it shows him that if you say you are there for him, then you are. Mm. It's a tough lesson, but also a good one. But also, did he already earn the Lego? So hard call. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Virginia. That's the thing I'm struggling with. <laughs> <That's, it's> t- 
<laughs> yep. But as soon as I said it, I knew I had to follow through. Otherwise, there was no lesson. Yeah. You know? So my thing is, next time we go to swimming, I'm going to say, remember that Lego we got? This is your chance to get it, mate, in the pool. Yeah, true. Because he probably stacked on a proper turn. He was... He, he didn't was, want to do it. So have you got the Lego at home still waiting for him or did... Uh, that's another story. <laughs> Morning, Tubes and Rhea. Why are we spending money on a private stadium? My state arena is a private stadium owned by the Jack Jumpers. The Glenorchy City Council sold it years ago. As for Mac Point, a building of state significance just means we're getting railroaded. Thanks for your text. I'm... I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to see what happens with this Stadium 2.0. If they're going to fund it and cap the cost for the taxpayer at $750 million, which is what they've said they will do, yeah. the stadium itself will only cost $750 million capped and they're going to in- create the rest of it through private investment, I can't see what's... And I think the state significance thing is a positive because it now will go to an independent committee committee yep. to get it all finalised. So yep. I, I think that's not so bad. You can always send us your perspective, 0488 or call one triple three five three. Thank you for listening. It is always a treat to have your company. You can text 0488 1073 or call one triple three five three. There's a text here on the text line tubes and it says, four tresses. And then there's another text that says, sorry, random pocket message. <laughs> so we'll accept your butt dials and your pocket text as well. <laughs> for double eight double eight one zero seven three, Or give us a call tomorrow from 6 when we return live on one triple three five three. Yes, we'll be back from 6am. Have a lovely day. Be safe out there. We'll see you tomorrow from 6. Treat yourself. Bye. Weekdays on Triple M and anywhere on the Listener app. It's Triple M.